is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole story told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Where We Landed is supported today by Advanced Plumbing. Advanced Plumbing has been serving Grant and surrounding counties since 2000. Founded by Patrick Parnell, Advanced Plumbing has built a reputation for reliable, dependable, high-quality plumbing services at an affordable price. The legacy continues as Advanced Plumbing is now owned by Miranda Parnell Lozier and her husband, Garen. With a full team of licensed, highly qualified plumbers, Advanced Plumbing is your go-to option for all commercial and residential plumbing needs. Call us today at 765-664-6061 for a free quote on your next plumbing project. Welcome to Where We Landed, a podcast about our local little community, sharing stories about what we love here in Grant County. I'm Alicia Hazelwood. I'm in studio today with... Scott Miller. Awesome. Hey, Scott. I know like you, you were forgot like who I was, so I just thought I'd help you Well, out. Kylie wasn't looking at me, so I was like <laughs> trying to make eye contact, yeah. and it kind of took me yeah. off guard. I'm it sounded scared. like you were recording like his voicemail. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the person who owns this phone, <laughs> can, we just can we just start over? No, we cannot. We're going now. We're going now. And okay. our other and host today. Our other host today is Kylie Jackson. Hey, everybody. And she has got the intro questions for us. Yeah, we're going to do a little Would You Rather, and our guest can participate here uh would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house week in the forest haunted houses freak me out yeah uh-huh. haunted house really yeah haunted house huh i think i would be in the forest with scott uh-huh. i i don't like i don't like being scared okay, haunted house has a bed has a bathroom. Ooh. Well, but I'm but not who's, staying in it. Yeah, who's been in that bed? I don't know, but it's it's dry. <laughs> yeah, Could be. bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> indoor. I got plumbing. somebody to talk to. I mean, the ghost is there, so you can talk to him, have some fun. Then <laughs> in the morning, it's over. It's like eight hours in, out, done, over. You're in the woods for a week. I was thinking haunted house, like a Halloween haunted house, where they're all jumping out. Everybody's at like you. jumping at you all the Ooh. time. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. I almost dragged somebody out of a haunted house that tried to scare me. Anyway, <laughs> I worked at a haunted house once and you have to like duck people, like people swing at you. Yeah. 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 I was, it was a haunted corn maze. Oh Ooh. yeah. Those and, are awesome. And I was like a bloody clown and I would just like step out of the Is it corn. Britain? Great Britain. Bloody clown. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> if you, you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. I was like, no, it was here in Marion. <laughs> I know. I was Why were you here? <laughs> mm. Okay. We're sorry, Rachel. Uh, Next some one. of these would you rathers are strange. They would are. you rather never eat watermelon ever again or be forced to eat watermelon with every meal? Be forced to eat it with every Big fan. Meal. Huge watermelon fan. Okay. I yes. do like it, but I couldn't do it every day, so I'd say never again. Huh. I'd eat it every meal. I like watermelon. Yeah, I I'm wondering how they have watermelon for every meal since it's a seasonal yeah, thing. Yeah, you have to eat it like when it's out of out season and gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. That's only part of the year though. Yeah. Now I found the best watermelon. <laughs> there I call them cannonball watermelons. I don't know if that's what they're mm. really called, but they are like dark red sweet amazing and you're holding your hands are I they know, small they're, yeah they're not they're huge. like personal pan Except, yeah it's kind of like a personal, personal pan <laughs> but not really it's a little bit bigger than that but okay. i buy them two at a time because oh, okay you love them and it's about that season end of july end of mm-hmm. june beginning of july yeah. july 4th there's yeah. a personal yeah. seedless watermelon that hunter likes that's about that size and they're really really dark green mm-hmm. maybe you guys are talking about the same thing might be maybe uh hmm. all right we done no, she's no. got to decide about oh, watermelons. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we were trying to buy our time, uh, Scott. Yeah, I'm I'm never going to eat them again. I, I don't think I could do it every time. Did you guys not want to do any more? Would you rather? No, no I'd love to. I have one more. more. Okay. okay. Uh, would you rather get a paper cut every time you turn a page <clears throat> or bite your tongue every time you eat? Ugh. And I hate Tragic. Both of those. Neither. Mm-hmm. I'd rather bite my tongue. Paper cuts hurt like a mother. I would just never read. I was yes. going to say, I'm going to go with paper cut because I read on a Kindle. So. 
<laughs> I think we'd hack the system. <laughs> we would hack the system. I love Wait, the gray area. Did you pick one? I said, well, neither. <laughs> no thanks. <Okay. laughs> no thanks. Not answering that one. <laughs> would you rather? No, I'm good. Nope. <laughs> I would rather not at all. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Now all right. I'm done, time Scott. for me to intro our guest today. So we have Rachel Resch, who is the principal at Mississippi High School. And she has been a part of the Mississippi school system for 14 years. Um, three kiddos. Uh, her husband's also a part of the Mississippi school system. And we are so excited to have you here. Former volleyball coach for six years at Mississippi. Tell, you're telling her whole story. Well, I know <laughs> she's got. What, she's not going to be like. She's, 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 uh, she's going to be able to share with us how she <laughs> she's got to be like, Mississippi. Okay, bye. So, so Rachel, if well, first of all, welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you. And now, if you could start by sharing, how did you get to Grant County? Maybe share your story. You can start at birth. You can start whenever you'd like to. But how'd you get to Grant <laughs> Scott County? Scott always wants to start at the beginning. At the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm actually from Galleon, Ohio. Galleon's a really small, quaint town I'm in Crawford County. It's right in between Columbus and Cleveland. Um, loved my childhood. Had an excellent childhood. Um, still travel back as much as we can. My husband is also from Galleon, Ohio. Um, really? Graduated from the same high school, just different decades and we're six <laughs> years apart. Um, but, um, my husband went to ball state. Um, did you know each other before we did? Okay. Um, again, small town. So a lot of families would, you know, group together, kids would play, adults would hang out, uh -huh. um, did some family vacations with big groups of families and, and Andy was there and I just thought he was the absolute coolest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, even my dad shared the story at our wedding when I was 10 years old, I told my dad, I am going to marry Andy Resch. Stop it. Oh, yeah. My 12th birthday, I wanted an Andy Resch football jersey. Stop. Really? Yes. It's quite the story. Um, and, and the rest is just a real life fairy tale, I guess, if you will. Um, but I um, graduated from high school and um, actually started in high school. Out of in college, I went to Bowling Green State University for one year and then transferred to Ball State because that's where Andy was. <laughs> um, so at, at Ball State, when I moved here, I was three hours away from home, kind of homesick. Um, I didn't know anybody outside of Ball State football and my husband. So I went back to my passion, which was volleyball. I played volleyball since I was in fifth grade and didn't continue on um, collegiately. So um, I just started asking around, you know, what's the best volleyball club? And Munciana came up, Munciana Volleyball Club. I, I played for Munciana yeah. when I, I was little, I yeah. was like fourth through 10th grade. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's a huge time to yeah. do it. That's the best time. Yeah. So I coached Munciana Volleyball and I jumped right in and um, met some incredible human beings coaching, like people that influenced me. Um, and I think about who I am and how I've developed Wes Lyon, huge influence. Um, one of the founders of Munciana and Steve Shondell were my coaching mentors. Um, and while coaching Munciana, um, I'm getting ready to graduate college. And I'm like, I got to get a job. Teaching jobs were so hard to come by at that point. I knew I wanted to coach. I My senior year in college, I actually coached at Yorktown. I coached eighth grade volleyball at Yorktown. Um, and Steve Shondell was very good friends with our now superintendent, Leslie Winter. Hmm. And so that connection there, um, Steve kind of shared my name with Leslie. They were looking for a varsity volleyball coach at Mississippi, and the rest is history. So I became a fifth grade teacher and the varsity volleyball coach where I stayed in that fifth grade position and varsity volleyball coach for six years. And they were just the best. What was your subject? Did, what subject did you So teach? fifth grade, my first several years, we, I was a fifth grade teacher. I taught it all. Okay. I had about 30 kids <laughs> with me all day long, didn't leave my side. We had excellent attendance <laughs> and just had a blast every day. Um, but we kind of went to that that team teaching model, mm -hmm. um, and I taught the English language arts and writing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, is one of the Shondell, and maybe it was Steve, but I thought one, uh, there's a Shondell that was a coach at uh, Purdue. With the, Dave. Dave, that's his brother. Is it really? Mm -hmm. So yeah. the whole family, thats it's a coaching family or a volleyball family. It truly is. His dad, Dr. Don Shondell. Just recently passed away. He did. And he was, um, I mean, he's like the the legend of volleyball. Yeah. He 
was a pulse really State. put volleyball on the map for put Muncie yeah. on the map for for volleyball. Yeah. In just this area. So that's your story of how you got here, how you got to Mississinawa. Maybe share with us how you met your husband. So I know you maybe at a distance knew him as a 10 year old and someone as a 16 year old. Did he like, did he kind of think of like, Oh, he, I was just like some annoying little girl. I'm sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, but I have an older brother, Uh um, my brother and Andy would, were friends. My brother's four years older than me. So my brother and Andy were in high school together and they liked to golf together. Um, so when Andy would come home, that, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. I had to love it. Uh, Uh, so I was a lifeguard at the galleon country club, just saving (laughs) lives. And Andy was a lawn boy. Um, so the lifeguards, we'd like, you know, throw the lawn boys, some popsicles every once in a while. And that's just kind of how we started connecting. The form of flirting is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then. The rest is history, truly. Just um, so the Galleon Country Club is where it all really started happening. Yeah, really did, really did. (laughs) Um, And then, what year did you guys get married? Two thousand eight. So we just celebrated our fifteenth wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. And tell us a little bit about what he does in the community. So Andy, and how long has he been? Like, did he come that same time you did, or is he later arrival? Or a little bit later. Um, he started his career at Pendleton Heights Middle School, teaching middle school social studies. And then he um, taught at Muncie Central High School for a little bit before jumping into leadership. The leadership position is where he's he's been at Mississippi Community Schools. He was the assistant principal at the high school. Um, he's been, he was the principal at Northview Elementary for one year. And then he's been at RJ Basket Middle School now the last couple of years. Rachel, one of the things that I hear about you often in the community is how much you care about kids and that you just really, you know, whether it's the least fortunate or the kids who have all of the, the assets available to them that you're able to kind of mix and match, but be able to just love kids where they're at. What do you do to relax when after pouring into their lives all the time? Is there anything that you enjoy doing to relax? You know, I, I don't know that I relax. <laughs> I think that's like relaxing is a weakness for me. Truly. Um, I think, I don't know. I, I just, I like to go a hundred percent as often as I can, <laughs> like as hard as I can. Um, but even if it's for, if I have little bits of time, I like to take walks. I like to just lose my phone and do things with my family. Um, I'm a sucker for a good nap. I love to take a nap <laughs> and just rest. I feel like when I am rested, I can do my best work. Um, Ever able to do that in the principal's mm-hmm. office? Just close the door. And just, <laughs> Never. <laughs> I need Never. a 15 minute nap in here. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could. Notice there's no nice. comfortable, comfortable furniture in this office. <laughs> right. right. I'd be no napping way. all the time. <laughs> Never going to happen. Yeah. What, what's your favorite thing about being at Mississinawa? You know, I... Mississinawa Community Schools has been nothing but a gift um, to myself and to my family. When I took the position up here, I don't even know if I traveled north of Muncie, truly. Um, I interviewed here, thought, oh, you know, I don't know, and then started teaching here. And then I wanted to move here. You know, we've raised our family here. Um, I love, love, love the community. I love how I feel like our school is the nucleus of our community. When there's a, an athletic event, we show up. Um, we just had a, a sectional final. at. Um, it was actually held at Delta High School and Yorktown is who we were playing. And we outnumbered them tremendously. We just show up. I love that. Um, I feel like it's a tight knit community where you can really count. You can count on your neighbor. Um, I've made really awesome connections with business owners in our town through my leadership position. Um, just, it's a great place to be. So you said, and I'm always fascinated about people who are not from our community that move in. And mm-hmm. you said, eh, when I first got here, it's kind of like, eh. what were those things that were kind of questionable for you? And how has your, and what has caused that perspective change for it to then become a place where you did say like, I want to raise my family here. I want to put down roots in this spot. So I 
like Galleon, like I said, we, my husband and I jokingly say Galleon is like Gas City in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So we were born and raised in a small community. So I know the benefits and um, the strengths of being raised in a small community. Um, Gas City though, something that just makes it special is again, the nucleus is the school. I think everybody surrounding the school system with love and like wanting it to be so successful is important. I feel like that's something that's missing like in my own town now um, that makes me sad. Um, but really it's, it's the people. Um, and, and you talked about it, Gas City, there's, there's a lot of poverty in Grant County. Um, it's a, it's a community where I feel like I can kind of live out my mission and give back. Um, I, I don't know that I could see myself moving anywhere else unless it's to Florida when I retire someday. <laughs> right. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, um, you've mentioned your family a couple times. Tell us about those kiddos yeah. and what they're up to. Okay. Um, my son, Anderson, he's 12 years old, going to mm-hmm. be a seventh grader at RJB. Um, where his dad's the principal. So that's yeah. its own little dynamic. Yeah. Uh, Anderson is into lots of different sports. Um, he's kind of dipped his toe in everything you can try as a middle schooler. Plays the trombone, does golf, football, basketball, tennis. That's it. Um, <laughs> a great young man. Real proud of him. He's about as tall as I am now, which is crazy. Um, and then my daughter, Addison, is nine. She'll be a fourth grader. And she is eats, sleeps, and breathes the dance life. Um, so in just a few days here, we'll be traveling to... Orlando, Florida for dance nationals. And that will be our first experience in that. And I'm sure it will be an experience. (laughs) I've heard it is an experience. I think it will be, (laughs) Um, but it's, it's so amazing. She is so passionate about it. She goes hours of a day dancing for every day for the last two weeks, dance, dance, dance all day long, every day. Where does she And loves it. Jamie Bragg's signature dance. Um, I feel like dance has really brought her out of her shell um, and her confidence has really grown. They have very high expectations for their dancers. I think young ladies learning high expectations is important. Um, So I can't say enough about that. Um, And then we have little Annie Aniston is three. She'll turn four in September and she is just our big ball of fun. Um, (laughs) She keeps us on our toes with all the things that she does in her toddlerness. Um, <laughs> and she's going to start at Westview preschool in the fall. Rachel, as you think back, <clears throat> whether as a young person or even more recently, who's been your best mentor? Is there somebody that you can point to? I have had mentors placed in my life, like at just the right time all throughout my life, thinking like, elementary teachers that have had significance, high school teachers that have had significance. Lynn Goldsmith, fifth grade teacher. Like that's why I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Tim Weiskopf, like the most phenomenal English teacher taught me how to write a paper. Again, high expectations, work hard, don't settle. Mm-hmm. Um, my family has been my constant, but since I've been at Mississippi, there's, I, I can't not share Leslie winter. She has been, um, my mentor since day one, really, truly. Um, when I came on, she was a huge part of why I landed here, obviously mm-hmm. with the coaching piece, that connection. And I didn't know anybody here. I, I knew nobody at Mississippi Community Schools other than Leslie. Um, so I did have to lean on her early on of just kind of figuring things out. Um, and now as I've grown and matured and um, really jumped into this leadership position, She's my person that I have to turn to quite often just to bounce things off of. And through teachable moments, she's poured her wisdom into me. And I try to soak up every last second because, and it's not a secret. She loves to tell everybody this will be her last school year. Mm -hmm. She's retiring (laughs) and I'm excited for her. But I know even though she might not be in the office every day, she's only a phone call away. It's, uh, she's had an incredible career and some of the things that she's done in in both Indiana high school athletics mm-hmm. as a player and then as a coach and administrator and the decisions that she's had to make have, have shaped the state of Indiana really truly and, and what she's done. As you think about that and with her retiring, are there any attributes that you'd say here for my next mentor? 
here are some of the attributes that I'd like to have if, if Leslie, always a phone call away, but if there's somebody else, what would the next mentor be? Attributes that you'd be looking for. I, something I love about Leslie, I love how transparent she is. Um, I love that she, she pours into me and, and forces me to be confident confident in who I am. Even if, even if I'm not feeling it, she tells me you go in there, you be confident. Um, and I love her leadership style. And I think that's kind of a huge reason why we connect. Um, she, she runs us as a team. We are a team where we don't have to fear making a mistake. If we make a mistake, we, we own it and, and we move on, we grow from it. Um, because that's what makes us better. We learn through our through our mistakes. Um, so I would want my next mentor to still have high accountability for me. I need that. That's how I grow. Um, and to be transparent, to be kind, not always nice, but kind. Um, and that's saying the hard thing when it's not what's one needed or wanted to hear, I guess, in that moment. But being kind is important to me, too. So what are, now that you've been in the community Mm -hmm. for an extended period of time and in Grant County, what are some of your favorite attributes about our community? The things where when someone comes in from out of town that you would be like, oh, I got to take them here or you need to see this or I love this about Grant County. Grant County, all of Grant County. Okay, I'm going to start Gas City, the golf cart community. (laughs) You got to take a golf cart ride. You've got to go to the Gas City Park to see the zoo, feed the animals. We like to take saltine crackers <laughs> and apples. Well, sometimes we cut up apples, so that's a good one. Um, Sophie's ice cream. Can't miss that. I love our boutiques in town. So there's some really good shopping these days. Crave more and um, Wispy, Pine. Wispy Pine. Yeah, I Mama love both. Pearson's. Mama Pearson's. You could and just shop down Main right. Street. Yes. <laughs> um this winter, I think driving down Main Street Gas City was magical with the lights. I absolutely loved it. I brought every time my family would come, I'd be like, get in the car. It doesn't matter that you have your pajamas on. We just have to <laughs> drive down Main Street and take a lap. Um, I think going to a Mississippi sporting event is super important. A home game would be cool. Uh, I love if we're traveling outside of Gas City, just briefly outside Payne's Restaurant. <laughs> Sweet spot, Ivanhoe's. Can you tell I'm a foodie? Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of nice restaurants here in town. It's a regular theme on our show. Yeah. We find a lot of people that like to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to try, apparently, the new Italian restaurant. Pom- Pompeii. Pompeii, yeah. yeah. I tried it last night for the first time. Nice. Where's that? Here in Marion. Clo- uh, south of downtown. Okay. On Washington Street. It's in an so. old, old mansion, right? Or something cool. like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Very good, authentic Italian. Yeah, you said the wife is. Well, the the whole family is whole from family. Italy, um, and so it's very authentic. That's awesome. We call it ethnic Italian, so it's not like spaghetti and meatballs. It's Got it. Like they put peas in their spaghetti sauce. There's pea. There's lots of things on the menu with peas in it. Yes. Mm. Are you Italian? <laughs> I am. How not. would you know that? That's interesting. <laughs> uh, just. Just you know, kind of now. Just <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, no, my grandma used to make her own homemade spaghetti sauce uh, okay. growing up. As she got older, we switched over to the canned stuff, but yeah. she used to make her own noodles and her own sauce. And, and I had peas. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Pick them out. I either. <laughs> Pick them out. <laughs> <laughs> is there, so this is going back to your time as an athlete, but also as a, as an administrator now, is there anything that you'd say, here's an area that I can continue to grow in that will make me an even better performer? Anything that you'd say, hey, this is where, this is a growth area for me? Um, I think sometimes I doubt myself. Um, that's something I'm working on. Um, just being confident in who I am. And I think as I as I age and get older, you get to that point where you're like, eh, whatever, you don't like me. Mm-hmm. So be it. But <laughs> I hit that at 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just never being like not playing small again. That's a, a phrase I hear often. Don't play small, um, be who you are and don't be afraid to lead. Um, I think, um, 
those are things that I've hit little stepping stones. And I feel like, um, although they're areas of weakness, I've identified them and that's where I'm trying to grow. Um, so when I go to a conference, I intentionally try to network with people instead of just holding back and observing. I used to be quite the observer. Um, and I think that was important to do as well. But I think now as I've become a little bit more confident in who I am and, and my position, I, I try to intentionally network in our community when I go to conferences, when I'm just, you know, at a ball game, I'm trying to connect with people. Um, I've been more intentional about that. That was a really great question, Scott. That was, I liked the way you phrased it. It's you've, uh, that question you used to ask that we hated the what's your biggest failure yeah, yeah. that was a really nice like segue yeah it was a I, 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 let's a keep asking that one that step was step up on the question asking on that one yeah I, <laughs> well, i'm working have at you getting been better. practicing i've been working at getting better that was, that was a, my, an area of growth for that you that was an area of growth for me is how do you ask a question <laughs> scott has really really deep questions and sometimes they're terrifying <laughs> yeah that there was a individual that we interviewed recently that I thought he was never going to answer the question. So once I asked it, it was dead silence for a while. So we had to edit that piece Absolutely. out. But, um, when, when you're uh, at your kids' sporting events as a former coach, I would think that sometimes it can be really challenging as a parent. So what, what's your parent motto now as, as a former coach? at sporting events for your own kids. How do you handle that? The pressure of. It is hard. I yeah. am one of the most competitive human beings by nature. I don't know where it came from, but I am, I am a fierce competitor. Um, but I also like growing up, I mean, I didn't have my parents like coaching me from the sideline and barking at me in negative. So I am not that way. Um, I tell my kids they're my favorite ones to watch Yeah. Um, that, Oh, I loved watching you dance today. Your smile could light up a room. Um, I just try to pour positivity into them. Um, I'm not, I try not to yell unless I'm yelling positive things. Now do my husband and I behind closed doors be like, dude, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe X, Y, Z. Sure. <laughs> We're human beings. We have those Sometimes you can't beat the refs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But, but I, I, we don't have those conversations in front of our kids at all. Yeah. Um, very, that's important to me that they only hear that positive um, from us. Because yeah. I, I would hope that their coaches are going to bark at them. Yeah. I, I expect that. Um, again, accountability is huge. If we can teach our kids accountability, I think we're going to have more successful adults. So teaching my kids accountability, I think is awesome. I, I'll support any coach 100% who wants to do that. But I don't want that to be my job in athletics for them. Mm -hmm. That needs to be theirs. My, my wife's really good at that. We had an incident this week. So our three-year-old's at daycare mm -hmm. and she was out of town and the head of the daycare sent us a picture of our three-year-old that he had gotten bit oh. during the, the day. Happens. And, uh, <laughs> and my wife, her first comment was, I'm sure he deserved it. <laughs> and so most people, like, I think that's a really good way, like, because most people, I think, would immediately jump to, who bit my kid, you know, type of thing. And she's like, hey, yeah. they're going to have to figure it out. So, it happens. Yeah. Like, did he bite back? Yeah, and he didn't bite back. Uh, yeah, usually that's our question. Like, if somebody got bit, well, who did he bite? You know, kind of <laughs> it was so, payback, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> this is so, from yesterday. So what comes around goes around. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I we touched on this, but my my son has taken up golf and enjoys it, and that is golf and tennis, both <laughs> the most relaxing sport for any parent to watch. Oh, I'm like, I, I bring like you the, need to talk I don't to my know. mom. Oh, I bring the bag with like. Do you need a juice box? Do you okay. Need okay. So, so I remember this. That's my role. Swimming's I, right up there with that. Well, yeah. So I, mean, I was a golfer and I remember like some knockdown drag outs with my mom <laughs> over like sunscreen and like drinking water. Okay. Because those are important things. <laughs> well, I mean, now I think they are. Yeah. But when I was like 13, I was like, I already put sunscreen on or I am totally drinking didn't. water. <laughs> and you totally didn't. And I totally didn't. And I would come home and I'd be sunburned and there was like nothing I could do about it except that. Admit your mom was right. <laughs> Admit that she was right. And then she, she, she still to this day has like a little, 
um, stool that she carried around Aww. and she would keep my score on the scorecard. And I, I do think she liked I love walking it. around, uh, like following me play golf. I do. I love it. I love watching my kids do what they love. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. Watching your kids do their thing is probably my favorite thing. I'm not an athlete in any stretch of anybody's thought process. Um, and both my sons are athletes and love watching them just kind of yeah. do their thing. And with Gavin swimming, it's like you go to a swim meet, you're there from six o'clock in the morning until five o'clock in the evening. And they swim two minutes. <laughs> like, <laughs> so true. But it's the best two minutes but of your day. Yeah, and like you're so excited. And I had, I could sit and read and I had my little nest and I had all my stuff. And <laughs> I was the medic mom for the baseball team. And I had my little band-aids and antiseptic oh, yeah. wipes and yeah, ibuprofen. Just, ibuprofen and all the biofreeze. And somebody gave me this recommendation within the last month. And they said, okay, because I think my little guy, I want him to be involved in sports and athletics, but sure. they said, somebody had told them, they said, if the term meet is ever involved in a sport, that's a sport you want to direct them away from like track meet, swim meet, meet. because oh. they only <laughs> go for like two minutes, but you have to be there for five hours yep. <laughs> until for their two minutes of time. I wish someone would have told me that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that's kind of brilliant actually. So uh, anyway. I, that has nothing to do with so, anything other than it was the advice that I just Gavin got. Gavin had a private pitching coach, and Gavin's all about baseball. It's his number one sport. And they said the best way to stay in shape for baseball and to train yourself is to be a swimmer. Yeah. So he started swimming for baseball. And I'm like, oh, this is great. He can train year-round, and it's easy on your yeah. joints, and da-da-da-da-da, and all that kind of stuff. Until you go to the meet. Until we had to drive to Napanee and I had to leave my house two at minutes. four o'clock in the two minutes. Two minutes. Left my house at four o'clock in the morning for six sure o'clock warm ups. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. For two minutes. Well, I'm sorry we didn't relay. give you that advice five years ago. Yeah. Been really hard. Well, I think Rachel wins. She's flying to Orlando for yeah. probably for a yeah, dance like, competition for, the, for five, for five minutes. minutes. And I'm telling you, I am at her beck and call. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you need? Where We Landed is supported today by Advanced Plumbing. Advanced Plumbing has been serving Grant and surrounding counties since 2000. Founded by Patrick Parnell, Advanced Plumbing has built a reputation for reliable, dependable, high-quality plumbing services at an affordable price. The legacy continues as Advanced Plumbing is now owned by Miranda Parnell Lozier and her husband, Garen. With a full team of licensed, highly qualified plumbers, Advanced Plumbing is your go-to option for all commercial and residential plumbing needs. Call us today at 765-664-6061 for a free quote on your next plumbing project. I bought, uh, so I did my very first dance competition and it was like, you know, the learning curve, but I packed all the stuff. I felt like yep. I was really prepared. I upgraded the hotel room because it just at the last minute it became a her and I thing. And I'm like, we're going let's, all let's out. Let's just do it. They It'll said, be fun. Hey, you you're, you're a mom's boy right? member. Do you want a free upgrade? Sure do. Let's take it. Um, but at my second hotel, they didn't have a microwave. That's oh. not like a standard thing in a room that anymore. That needs to be a standard thing. It's not. Huh. So I had, I, I travel with a microwave in case they don't have one. Yeah, my kid is, and she'll tell you, she proudly, she is a vegetarian, which limits the things. Uh -huh. So if I can't make a mac and cheese cup, she may starve. Yeah. So I had to buy a microwave to travel with. We always Just stayed in, in a, we always stayed in a hotel dance, that had dance competitions. I sure do. Free breakfast because downstairs, if they do free breakfast, the microwave is always available. So yeah. if your hotel does not have a microwave, you can go downstairs and use the microwave downstairs. But one, there was one microwave for the hotel. And yeah. I'm like, mm. so I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. <laughs> little, like, little, little, little on the high my, side on that time. Like, <laughs> that seems kind of gross. Like mom's waiting in line to warm up all their leftover food. And you're oh, like, yeah. no, Rachel, no, can't I'm, do it. I'm trying to figure out like, how do you pack a microwave? So that's got to <laughs> well, be Well, with travel, I, with travel baseball, you drove everywhere for but when she goes to Orlando, to Orlando. she's just asking is there a microwave Orlando? in the room oh i have asked yeah we do have a microwave in the room yeah. in Orlando oh, so i asked to travel times. with the yeah st louis too. had to byo microwave <laughs> yes <laughs> and i sure did well well 
glad that worked for you. <laughs> I was like, looked it up. Like, how do you, how is, do you my next, is my next travel going to have a microwave? <laughs> Look at that. Not a pool, uh, but a microwave. We've strayed a bit. We have strayed a bit. Okay. Sorry about well, that. I'm going to bring it back real quick. Okay. So going back to your um, your continued career involvement here. Sure. What are the things that you're doing from a personal development standpoint so to go, to to continue to grow as a leader, anything that you're doing right now to pour into yourself and, or to have others pour into you. So something Leslie just took us to do, she took the women in leadership from Mississippi schools to the well conference. It's a women in leadership and educational leadership conference. And it was awesome to be in a room with all women in administrative positions was powerful because sometimes you feel like you're on an island. When I meet, when we have principal and athletic director meetings with the CIC. High testosterone in that room. It, it, <laughs> extremely. Sometimes it's me in there. And so I forget when it's, when I'm looking at a, like just through a microscope and I only see from that lens, it was just really powerful for me to see um, all those women in that room and just hear their ideas on leadership and women in leadership and really encourage young administrators to look at, okay, what's next? Don't just settle right here. You know, do you want to be a superintendent? Mm -hmm. Do you want to go get your doctorate degree? Um, so it kind of inspired me in a way, like maybe, maybe I would want to do that someday. So kind of, and my husband will, when he hears this, he's going to say, rage, but because when I finished my bachelor's, I swore I'd never get my master's. You get your master's, you swear you're never going back to school again. And now I'm like, kind of getting the itch. Maybe I will. Um, I, I don't know that this is necessarily the right time, um, but I think it's something I would like to pursue. Um, that now next week when I'm in Florida, that's I have like my list of things to read on leadership. Um, the energy bus is packed. Um, that's a good one. Yeah, I've heard it's a good one. So I got I have some some easy reads, some light reads, but to inspire a little bit before I get ready to jump back into the next school year. So do you intentionally um, look for other people to mentor? You've had a lot of mentors in your life and that type of thing. And I could see that just naturally translating. Is that something you look at intentionally or? I think again, like just in the last couple of years, I've started thinking like, along those lines that I need to pour into others. And I, and as a principal, that is part of my job is as an assistant principal, you're, you're really focused on kid behavior and attendance and things like that. But my job is the instructional leader of the building. So really pouring into our teachers um, to bring out the best in them. And when I see young teachers or even veteran teachers with real strengths and leadership, opening that door for them um, and kind of pushing them maybe outside of their comfort zone. So yes, I have, I do have a, a passion for mentoring um, and in my position now I'm able to do that. Kylie, are, are you? <laughs> She's like, I'm not ready for a question. No, no. This is not about me. This is well, Rachel's I, episode. I, yeah. when, when I was thinking Ask about Kylie. her though, talking about being the only female in the room, like with athletic directors and principals, um, have you felt that in chamber leadership or has that become more diversified even during the time that you've been involved in chamber leadership uh, across the state, across the nation? It, uh, across our state, it's a fairly diverse group. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. I was looking at kind of the demographics of different chambers. Um, we had our con state conference a couple okay. weeks ago and it seems like um, the lar the larger staffs of the like the larger metro chambers they all have male ceos and then as you get down to the staffs that are more all hands on deck you know doing all the things it becomes more and more weighted to women leaders and so i don't know if that's a a man wouldn't do that work or what the it, sometimes it takes a woman to do that work. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day, like that, because it like struck me um, as I was looking at, um, yeah, just the makeup of the room when I was there that it was, it's, uh, it's probably a 50, 50 mix, but the demographics of those different organizations. 
Yeah. Interesting. An interesting mix. I feel like when I was with the United Way, it was similar to that. Like the smaller United Ways were normally driven by women. The larger, more metro United Ways were driven by um, men or extremely successful, outspoken women. Yeah. Um, almost like, I guess you would expect to see, I unfortunately. But yeah, they were um, the women that I'm sure people have judgments about um and uh it's interesting to kind of watch that dynamic but one thing i also noticed is that in that dynamic those powerful women kind of would pick out smaller organization female leaders and really pull them alongside and i didn't see the males doing something similar yeah i don't um i've i've i wouldn't say that's completely like all of my men, statewide mentors um, from the larger metros, uh, I've had really good mentorship yeah. from from the men across our industry. Um, yeah, the few that come to mind. Um, yeah, I've never even really thought of gender about it until a couple weeks ago. Like it, yeah. it just like in a, in one of our sessions, I was sitting there, I was like, oh wow, that was the first time I'd really thought about it. And the more I th- the more I think about it, it, it doesn't really seem to be something that comes up. In our conversations, I, but Mississippi schools, we are heavy in female leadership, which mm-hmm. is kind of unique, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but we have some amazing men who are mm-hmm. administrators and leaders in our school corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, really contribute. And that's what makes our team so tight knit and successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just having that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, you talked about being from Ohio. Tell us a little bit about your family growing up. Sure. And is there somebody in your family that you feel like, man, I learned a lot from that person. I'm sure you learned a lot from everybody. In your yeah. Family. Let's, let's start some, some like touchy feely. We're going to get well, the no, out. family okay. dynamics. Yeah. I, I, I want to start a war between like your siblings yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, no. um, so mom and dad, uh, Brendan, Gary. Um, and then I have a older brother, Ryan, who's, they were about three and a half years apart. And then my sister was, born 10 years after me so yep same mom and dad um and my mom always wanted three kids it was really easy with a boy and a girl and then all of a sudden we had Rianne and I will say I don't want to get emotional on this podcast. I will not. Um, you wouldn't but be the first. No, not happening. <laughs> I mean, um, we're looking at one. Yeah, of them. I, oh, I, he cried. Steve cried. Yeah, Steve Quatter cried. Yeah, big, big Mr. Q fan. Um. My sister is my person, totally. Um, and it's weird that you would think like this 10 year younger person would be so influential, but she totally has. She is like just so independent. And I think part of it is like my brother was only home with her for four years before he went off to college. And she then kind of grew up as an only she child. Did. She did. But at the same time, we, I brought her to everything. I mean, she was the maid of honor in my wedding at the age of 11. Because she was my person. Um, And now I'm just so proud of her. She lives in Brooklyn, New York, works in Manhattan as a preschool teacher. And it's just doing all these cool things, traveling, um, goes to shows by herself. Like, I just think that's so cool um, for her and her, this moment where she's at in her life that she's so independent. Um, And her confidence is just through the moon right now. And I'm really, really proud of her. And she pours back into me. Um, she's my, like, sometimes my reality check, you know, like I'll call her and gripe because I don't, I don't like to bring school home to my family. Mm -hmm. So she has to hear it sometimes (laughs) and she'll be like, Rachel, that's really not that big of a deal. (laughs) Or, well, like, have you thought about this? And what's cool as she's aged and now we're both in the same profession, she's a teacher. So we're all in education together. Um, really, she has really great ideas. And I love hearing that. I think she has real strengths that she could be in leadership in some way down and, the line of her career. And perspective too, right? You totally. said she's a preschool teacher yes. in Manhattan. Yeah. So that's that very urban you mm-hmm. know, school environment versus then a very rural um, environment as well. So I can see where, you know, oh my God, I had to drive five minutes. And she's like, uh. <laughs> where, where did she, what'd she do after high school? She played volleyball at Ashland University in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio. It? Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and did she study education? There? She did. She did. Ohio kind of breaks down education a little differently. Like Indiana splits it. You either go K six or you do six twelve. Ohio does early childhood to three, four to eight, nine to twelve. So hers is that early childhood is her sweet spot. Yeah. And does she live right in Brooklyn then? She does. She actually just moved into a new apartment yesterday. My dad went and helped move in the city. I don't, I can't wrap my brain around what that looks like. I didn't volunteer to help with that trip. Uh, Call me when you settle in. I'll I'll be there. I was just thinking uh, the breakdown of you and your siblings is the same as your children. It is like, we kind of have that gap. My siblings and I, we are tight. Like, and then the, uh, the boy is the oldest Uh and the two girls younger. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of an age gap. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, in a way, like I never, I never had a reason to like fight and argue with my siblings. Mm. Um, growing up like that just, it truly never happened. I don't know. Or, or I don't remember it. Um, <laughs> but we, we still love as adults. We love getting together. We were just together this past weekend for my nephew's baptism, but mm. family is important to me. Um, and I think too, I love gas city. I love my community, but that's kind of my escape. Um, we go home, I go home to Ohio as much as I can Mm -hmm. to be with family. And that's kind of where you get grounded and recharged, reset, and then you can come back and do this work. How long is the drive back? Uh, A little less than three hours. Okay. Yeah. Gas city was moving closer than when we lived in Muncie. So that helped a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say I have family in Dayton. It's about three hours, about three hours. Is your older brother in education as well? He's not. He is in pharmaceutical sales. Yep. Living in Ohio? Or? He lives in Finley, Ohio. Yeah. So my mom and dad live in Galleon still. My brother's in Finley. That's about a 50-minute drive from my parents, two hours from me. So he's a little closer. Um, so when we go home, it's typically to Galleon, and we stay at my mom and dad's house. We like to just pack it all in, sleep wherever you find a spot, and just do all the things. Like growing up, like Sundays were sacred. We went to church, went to grandma Neal's and ate lunch there and went to my grandma Smith's and ate dinner there. So, um, when I go home, I, I always see my family, all of them. Um, it would be strange not to. I had prepped you ahead of time. So this one shouldn't hit you off the cuff, but if it does, we'll, Oh dear. Okay. But, but this was, we'll the, buy a time. Yeah. Then the name, um, an unforgettable experience in your life. Do you have one that you can name that you'd say this was just unforgettable? Unforgettable. I I did think about this because I'm like, I feel like I've been pretty lucky. I have a lot of amazing memories. Um, Some good, some unforgettables that are like, that was tragic and horrible. Um, And I've had several of those and some just really cool. So um, I, I, when I was 16 years old, um, it was, we actually bought our plane tickets days before 9-11 um, to travel to Europe with a friend of mine, a girlfriend of mine and her family for two weeks, went to London and Wales and traveled abroad for two weeks. That was an unforgettable experience. Um, but buying the tickets, I remember a couple weeks after I said to my mom, I don't know if I want to go. She was like, well, we'll talk about it in a little while. Like those tickets were expensive, I'm sure. But um, really grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. Um, to leave the country at an impressionable age to truly see just different cultures, experience different foods, um, see sites that I haven't been back to see since, um, but truly memorable. Um, so you bought the tickets before 9-11, mm-hmm. but flew after, after 9-11? Yes. It would have been like June. I went in the summer following. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but still... Scary times. It was, it was scary. It was. It was we different. flew overseas in January after 9-11. So yeah. 9-11 happened in September and we went to the British Isles in January. Yeah. And I had tons of friends that like dropped out of that trip and people said like, I can't believe you're going. My argument always was they were going to bomb the plane on the way back. So I would have had the experience. <laughs> so <laughs> oh my we were good. One of, one of the things that we had talked to Kylie about. So she was in Russia weeks before days before i got back the day that the international travel shut down yeah and now russia is a little bit of a tough place for most americans to travel so we've (laughs) talked about kylie's ability to destabilize the world yeah Um, she brought COVID back here she almost got stuck there we were real worried helping to destabilize the russian government where is she headed next yeah so so just be thinking about that (laughs) 
So to wrap up, Lord Rachel, first of all, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. And thanks for all that you do for our kids. Uh, I appreciate your compliments. That was so sweet. And I, if I could ever be remembered in such a way, that's exactly how it, I would want to be remembered for that's sure. Awesome. Well, yeah. it sounds like you're making that difference. I appreciate that. So before we wrap up, anything that you're listening to, watching, reading that you'd say, hey, this would be really good for our guests to know. Yeah, I'd love to hear that list of leadership books that you're... uh, Well, and I'll tell you this fiction piece, and this was recommended by my sister. um, It was called The Noticer. And I I wish I had the the author, but the book was called The Noticer. Super easy read. um, And it's all about having perspective is the is the meaning behind it just truly having perspective so um, andy andrews for yes. those of you listening at home. and there's a follow-up book to it which i also quickly read and it was really good um and i've shared that book since um with some friends because it again just kind of gives you healthy perspective that sometimes when your life is feels hard in that moment or you might see someone who you perceive their life to be hard and it's not, it's, it's how you, your view on things. So I, I loved that book, The Noticer. That was a good read. Um, what am I watching? I shared this, but I think my husband and I are one of few people that I know that don't stream television. <laughs> so uh, we watch a lot of athletic events. My daughter's a huge NBA fan. Um, golf is on TV constantly at this moment um, with the different tournaments and things um, or Blue's Clues. Is I think I've seen every episode <laughs> oh multiple times. <laughs> Me too. And Sesame Street, you do. <laughs> I sing all the songs. Um, and then what am I listening to? Um, well, I'm going to be listening to this podcast more and more. I've mm-hmm. heard my friends. I need to go back and listen to some other people that maybe I don't know who yeah. are in this community. I think that's what I need to do as well. But 90s on 9 is what I had playing on my car on my way here. That's probably what it's going to be on the way home. <laughs> Longer than your drive to work, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll get two songs in today. Well, Rachel, thank you again uh, for the impact that you're having in our community. Thanks for being on our show today. And for those who are listening, please push like <laughs> on your, uh, your, your buttons as it relates to our Where We Landed podcast, because we love it when you like us. <laughs> so have a great day and uh, have a great week. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.